All right, we are back. You are listening to KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. My next guest has written a great book. Author Sharon Weil has written this book, Changeability, How Artists, Activists, and Awakeners Navigate Change. Perfect for my show. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning. Thank you so much for calling in. This uh, book looked so intriguing. I had to have you on. The Changeability Playbook. How did this come about? Um, The playbook came about from the original Changeability book called Changeability, How Artists, Activists, and Awakeners Navigate Change, based on a podcast that I do called Passing for Normal, where I speak with change innovators, um, but everyday change innovators, people who are doing amazing things um, and approaching change in what I see as very uh, fresh uh, and effective ways. And so I, I talked to a number of people across many different fields, and based on our conversation, um, arrived at the principles that are, are put forward in the book and in this uh, playbook, which is actually a journal workbook. We call it playbook because who wouldn't rather play than work? Right. Um, but a way, in, a way to engage with these principles um, for yourself, for you know, tracking the changes in your own life. Yes. I feel like, you know, change obviously can be scary and you're facing the unknown and you might not want to have this change that moment. Maybe you lose your job or relationship ends or whatever it is. But I feel like as a result of going through this tough moment, something better comes along. Well, you know, we always do uh, find resource and strength in ourselves from facing uh, what we think we can't face. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, and change always plunges us into the unknown, even if it's just something simple like uh, you go to your grocery store and they've re, you know, they've reworked the aisles or something. You know, it's it's change always puts us in the unknown, and it's very disruptive and disorienting, which is, um, you know, some people handle that better than others. Even good change can be disorienting, right? Yes. Um, so it is good to have a set of skills. Um, to help you navigate when you are disrupted, disoriented, and how do you find center again? How do you keep coming back? How did you decide to structure your book? There's some, you know, amazing categories, creativity, embodiment, meditation. Tell me about that. Well, you know, so um, these are some of the areas in which I personally am interested and personally involved. Um, And so I started to reach out to people that I personally was interested in in areas of permaculture and, and, you know, creativity, painters, writers, uh, um, people who work with uh, philanthropy, people who work with um, uh, group facilitation, people who are working in prison reform, you know, people who are working in the medium of change itself, you know, who are really looking at change itself and what's good for change and, and what is helpful in change, both in terms of social change, environmental change, there's a lot of activists that I spoke with, um, as well as personal change and a lot of um, somatic and, you know, body movement educators and breath educators that I spoke with. Um, so, you know, found that the principles that, that I arrived at in these books are really universal. You know, they apply to public change as well as personal change, health change, relationship change. Um, yeah. It's, uh, you know, these, these are principles that you can use when facing any sort of change. 
Now, in part two of the book, you talk about moving with the seven principles of change. Do you want to touch on some of these briefly? Sure. So, um, so in, in these conversations, I really heard that there were seven principles that are common to all change situations or need to be present. And these principles, it's not a list. It's more like a wheel. It's more like a template that you can apply to a change situation that you're in. And often when we're in a change situation, we're either overwhelmed, confused and overwhelmed, things are moving too quickly, or we're frustrated and even desperate, things are not moving quickly enough. And so these seven principles act almost like a scaffold, you know, something that you can can use to touch down when you're in this state of swirl regarding change. And so those the seven principles are bring awareness, listen deeply, find community, which means find help and support in many different forms, not just from people. Okay. Uh, it could be physical practice, spiritual practice, could be information, anything that supports you when you're off balance in change. Proceed incrementally, which speaks to um, a strategy of starting small and rippling out. People often have too far of a reach when they're setting goals for change or when they feel like they have to make a change, and it's better to do it incrementally. Align with nature speaks to timing, that there's often a proper timing or a better timing to make a change. And if we look to nature and we see how has nature been doing it, how does nature do it, how can I move more like water, how can I spark more like fire, you know, to, to use not only the um, metaphors that are offered in nature, but nature itself. Have hope which speaks to imagination, it speaks to visioning, it speaks to dreaming, and spark fire, which is passion, courage, um, play, and also your compelling reason why. A lot of times when people want to make a change or need to make a change and they're dragging their feet, it's because their reason is not compelling enough. And so we need to make our reasons for change very compelling. Right now, I just woke up to the news that in Northern California, Napa, Sonoma, there's wildfires, you know, racing through that area. Uh, well, there's a compelling reason to make a change, you know, the smoke, the I fire, you get there. up, you get out. I was you know? just there on Tuesday. Oh my gosh, that's awful. Yeah, I just, I just woke up to that news. <gasps> so it's, um, that whole area is, is, um, is burning. And so there's a compelling reason for you. All these people across our country and, and in the Caribbean who have had to face these storms and these, you know, right. f- fires. And, you know, th- that's a compelling reason for change. Right. But, you know, hopefully it doesn't take that to, oh, <laughs> to I know. get people to meet the changes that they need or want to meet. But these seven principles, um, form, uh, you know, uh, provide a bit of a structure. Mm-hmm. For you to say, okay, well, uh, if this change isn't moving or it's moving too quickly and I don't have a handle on it, you know, what of these seven principles do I need more of? Do I have enough fine community support? Am I moving incrementally enough or am I getting ahead of myself? You know, am I listening deeply? Do I understand what the nature of this change is, what the need of this change is? You know, so um, it's really meant to be very helpful for people to sort of help find their way through change. 
I wanted to add that I love the quotes from the different people you have featured in the book, like, um, is it Peter Levin or Levine? Peter Levine, yes. Levine, uh-huh. uh, Waking the Tiger, Healing Trauma. I'm just going to read this quickly. I have come to the conclusion that human beings are born with an innate capacity to triumph over trauma. I believe not only that trauma is curable, but that the healing process can be a catalyst for profound awakening, a portal opening to emotional and genuine spiritual transformation. That really spoke to me. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we really do have to recognize the role that trauma plays in um, in uh, people not being able uh, to make change or willing to make change. You know, something in the system when we, when we are traumatized gets stuck, gets frozen. And so, you know, a need to address the trauma, a need for deep healing um, is necessary in order to be able to have the fullness of life that people want to. And, um, you know, Peter Levine, he you know, he uh, has done such incredible work in the area of trauma. But, you know, sometimes sometimes we say, why can't I do this? Why can't I make this change? Right. Well, you know, often there are, there are deeper um, patterns that have been set in and deeper freezes that have been set in that, um, that need to be addressed. And there is a chapter in my book about healing because so many of the people that I spoke with on the podcast are healers in various ways. Um, and you know, in order to have lasting change, are these traumas, these injuries, these wounds have to be restored. Yes. You know, not necessarily, I mean, and restoration doesn't mean that you go back to how you originally were, but restoration, the idea of restoration is making what was fragmented whole again in whatever way you can. And just like you were saying in the beginning of our conversation, sometimes that restoration brings you to a place of greater strength, of greater insight, having faced your fears, having, having um, overcome things you never thought you could, um, does restore you to a new place of strength. Right. I have found that if I take my pain, um, something that has happened to me, and I create something out of it, it's so cathartic. Yes, it is. You know, there's the expression, the devil is the deliverer, right? Yeah. yeah. And so oftentimes the thing that we are most afraid of or the things that the things that trouble us the most, when we actually are willing to go inside, go into the wound rather than stay outside and avoid it, it brings us to incredible places. Absolutely. I like what Fred Sugarman said about meditation, mindfulness, yoga, performing arts, or athletics, all of these things require a presence or a state of mind that is directed into the present moment. If there's any secret, if there's any mysteries, any mystery school, they're all saying be present. Yes, and so, you know, presence is a word that uh, many people are using right now. And it is speaking to that quality of absolutely being in the moment you know, and recognizing the, you know, the, the principle of bring awareness and the principle of listen deeply, speak to cultivating presence. Where am I right now? How do I feel? What is my experience? And can I meet this moment? You know, if you are not present to the moment or present to your feelings, um, you know, when change comes, um, how can you meet it? How can you meet it? If, you know, and meet it... Um, with anything except fear, if right. you aren't able to um, 
recognize what's happening now, what's happening with my breath, what's happening with my sensations. You know, a lot of the people that I speak with in the book are uh, somatic educators of one sort or another, as am I. And, um, and so really getting your cues from the sensations of your body, the sensations of your breath, to be able to be fully present to give yourself to that moment, whatever is required. Before we wrap up, I want to add, I was in yoga class yesterday, and I knew I wasn't very present at the beginning, and I, I didn't have my balance, and I kept thinking, you're not present. Focus. What's the matter with you? Mm. <laughs> you can just well, tell. You know. Right, but so instead of beating yourself up and saying, what's the matter with you, yeah. you look for your breath, right? Yes. And you look for the feeling at the bottoms of your feet. It's like you, you know, we're constantly knocked off balance. Right. Life, every, you know, it's like it's, it's a constant exchange of, of, you know, being knocked off and finding balance and knocked off and finding balance. And so, so using the breath, using your awareness, and, and if I may say so, not beating up on yourself oh, yeah. <laughs> about <laughs> when, you are not, when you're not fully present or not fully balanced, it's like, okay, I'm not balanced in this moment, yes. but how can I get balanced? Oh, you know, what it. awareness do I need to bring back to myself in order to find that balance. And some days are going to be more balanced than others, right? That's true. Every day is so different. True. Yes. Where can people find out more about you? Um, the best way is through my website, SharonWeilAuthor.com. So that's Sharon, S-H-A-R-O-N-W-E-I-L, Author.com. And you can find out about these books and about the podcast and about other things that I'm doing. These books are available online. They're available in your bookstores. Um, but the best way is through the website. Perfect. Sharon, thank you so much for calling into the show. I really enjoyed having you on. Oh, great pleasure speaking with you. you Thanks too. so much. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was author Sharon Weil calling in to talk about her book, Changeability. And if you missed any part of this, it will be up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. I'm going to have one more guest calling in in just a moment. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back. <laughs> 